Welcome back, everybody. Don't Give Up the Ship podcast, episode eight. Today, we are talking about the importance of mentorship. First, like always, I want to plug first the Ask Do You Get segment. Uh, we got a couple feedback emails, uh, which were good on some future topics and kind of just asking us some questions about what we plan on doing in the future. Um, but I didn't get a ton of questions regarding what you would like to hear us address during the podcast. Uh, or just questions where you would like us to get that feedback back to you via Facebook Messenger, via email, or whatever the case may be. Uh, we want this to be a resource where you can get your questions answered because I will get you that feedback right away. Uh, and then if it's something that I feel like affects more than just you, which I'm sure universally those questions will, uh, it's something we'll address on the podcast during the segment. And then if we get enough uh, feedback eventually, we'll start doing feedback episodes. So uh, take advantage of that. Uh, you can get us on Facebook through the Facebook Messenger, or you can email us at don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. Okay, so hit us up. Uh, and then, like always as well, we're going to hit up this history segment. And today I'm doing something a little different, uh, because when I was thinking about mentorship, the first thing that kept popping into my mind was a book I just read. And it's a book called Navigating the Seven Seas by M Melvin G. Williams Sr. and Jr., I read it and it was a really powerful book for me and the reason it kept clicking into my mind was the mentorship between father and son and, and so I'm going to read to you the description of the book uh, and, I, and I'll speak on what a little in a little more detail because I've read it and I thought it was a really amazing story and had a lot of really great leadership lessons in it. Um, but then also the relationship between father and son and the impact that that relationship had on the development of the sun and their progressions uh, in the Navy. So Navigating the Seven Seas is an account of the leadership experiences two high-achieving African Americans in the U.S. Navy had. This father and son duo both achieved leadership ranks in the service of their country by following certain precepts that can be applied for success in any profession, both military and civilian. Melvin G. Williams Sr. served in the U.S. Navy for 27 years from 1951 to 1978 and reached the highest enlisted leadership rank of Master Chief Petty Officer with final naval leadership assignment as Command Master Chief. His son, Melvin G. Williams Jr., served 32 years from 1978 to 2010 and reached the rank of Vice Admiral with final Navy leadership assignment as a Fleet Commander. As two African Americans who served the nation for nearly 60 consecutive years across two generations, they hope to provide readers with their perspectives on leadership. Their book describes how they navigated up through the ranks of the U.S. Navy to positions of greater responsibility by employing their seven C's of leadership, which are character, competence, courage, commitment, caring, communicating, and community. Their book addresses the questions regarding who a leader is, what a leader does, why and how a leader performs, and although the context of their experiences is within the U.S. Navy, the message of the seven seas of leadership can apply to everyone. The authors contend that leadership is an art and a science, and that leadership can be learned, practiced, and refined, and that there is no stereotypical typecast of mold for leaders. They argue that if they, as members of a minority, can rise to leadership roles in the U.S. Navy by following these key principles to navigate across the rough seas of life, then anyone can employ these rules to rise to increase leadership responsibility in any profession or career. 
And so the reason this uh, book popped out to me was because of the relationship between Command Master Chief uh, Williams and his son, which went on to be Vice Admiral Williams. And when you go through the book, there were a lot of stories where you would hear, they describe each each of the seven C's from both of their perspectives. So you read about one, like commitment, for example, through the perspective of Master Chief Williams and then through Vice Admiral Williams' experience. And they tell a lot of really great stories. But a lot of the stories from Vice Admiral Williams' perspective were him pointing at his father and talking about what he learned by watching him, what he learned by his father explaining his experiences in the Navy to his son, uh, and how he applied those lessons to his success in the Navy. And you can even see the further development through that mentorship from his father, where his son went to reach higher ranks and, and increase responsibility than his father did. So it was, it was interesting to me to kind of see that successful uh, mentor-mentee relationship or mentor-protege relationship in the father and son realm and the high levels of success that they both achieved and that based directly on a lot of the things his father did while he was working at the CNO's mess for uh, Admiral Zumwalt when he was the chief of naval operations through assisting in the application and creation of equal opportunity policy, which was kind of what Admiral Zumwalt was famous for. Because those policies were put into place, his son didn't have to face a lot of the same obstacles that his father did and that those things enabled him to, to succeed in the way that he did as well. So it's a really, really interesting read that applies big picture when you're reading the book and reading the stories, applies directly to this topic of mentorship. Uh, so check out the book, Navigating the Seven Seas by Melvin G. Williams Sr. and Jr. Uh, I'll put a link on the webpage in the history segments. I'll put a link directly to Amazon so you guys can click right to that uh, link and, and check that book out. Uh, and I don't make any money off plugging this, by the way. I'm just <laughs> throwing that out there now. This is just because I think it's a great book and you'll enjoy it. Okay. So now that that's done, we're going to progress right into this topic with his mentorship. Okay. And, and it's the reason, the reason I picked this is mentorship is the reason I'm still here and still doing this job. Um, it's the reason I'm still in the Navy. And if it were not for several individuals who went out of their way to encourage and develop me, I wouldn't be here doing this anymore. I definitely would have separated from the military. I know I mentioned it before. There were a lot of moments at, at the end of each enlistment where I very, very seriously considered separating. And not that, you know, I'm God's gift to the military or anything, but it's benefited me personally and professionally to stick around. And I hope that through what I've done, it's benefited other people as well. But had it not been for these people recognizing potential in me and taking the time to develop me and spending the time to get me to where I am now, I, I definitely would not have stuck around. Uh, so junior sailors need to seek out a mentor at their earliest possible opportunity. So the second they check in on a ship, and we'll get into this as we get into the topic, but it's the, the very, very beginning is when it's critical, is when they need it the most to progress through that first year. And then when given the opportunity, they need to take what they've learned and pay it forward. So very quickly, uh, junior sailors after that first year will immediately be in a role where they can then mentor those new kids coming in through their first year because they've just kind of emerged on the other side of that. And based on the experience they had, now have increased knowledge uh, and, and have learned from those experiences that they can now help those new sailors avoid the pitfalls uh, that, that kind of gave them a hard time. 
Uh, and it's critical, mentorship is critical to the retention of the bright, high-functioning people we're constantly talking about, like the ones we want to stick around or the people I'm talking to right now that are thinking about getting out that are the bright, high-functioning kids. We lose too many of you because this relationship doesn't happen, because no one takes the time to encourage you to do that or the people aren't taking the time to be the mentors. Uh, we lose far too many people because of the absence of someone that can translate the madness going on around you. Like no one translates that for them. No one makes that make sense. That first year where your whole world is getting thrown upside down and no one translates that. So those bright, high functioning kids throw their hands up. And when it's their time to get out of the Navy, they punch out and they're gone. Uh, so instead of focusing on like retention bonuses like money, we should be focusing on retention through development, through spending the time on letting these people who came in with this desire to serve, letting them know that we care, letting them know that they're valuable and taking the time to develop that potential value in them uh, through a mentor mentee relationship. Like they come here to serve. They're not coming here for a paycheck exclusively. So by fostering that, desire to serve and, and creating that value and making them feel like they're contributing. We're demanding far too high of a price of them right now and not doing that. And so the, when they recognize that that price is too high, they separate from, from the Navy and we're losing those people. And it's a travesty that this is happening. So that's why this is a topic that I really wanted to talk about. Um, and so we'll jump right in. And, and like always, I, I like to define things because it can give you a unique perspective. So what's a mentor? So I defined a mentor uh, through just dictionary.com as a wise and trusted counselor or teacher and an influential senior sponsor or supporter. And I thought that one was interesting because it kind of, to me, pointed directly at the military role where it's an influential senior sponsor or supporter. So a senior, a person senior in rank or time on board, right? Uh, you can be a mentor at, in your first year or two in the military. It's not, it's not, we're not talking about just chiefs, you know, or just, just these crusty old folks. We're talking about somebody that has the experience as a senior in the role that can mentor you through what they've already experienced. And so the level I'm going to be focusing on, you should most likely be looking for a mid-level leader as, as your uh, mentor, like a second class or a, you know warfare qualified third class, like th these people that have been doing this for a year or two that that kind of have freshly come off of what you're experiencing now, uh, and that can help you through your process. And when we're talking about these people, we're talking about the ones where you look at them and and you're like, yes, like that's who I want to be, like the warfare qualified third class or dual warfare qualified second class that's setting the world on fire. Uh, and you'll know it when you see it. Everyone, I had these students asking me, like, how do I know? Like, who do I go to? How do I find out? Uh, like, I have a roster on their, of their future ship in my back pocket, and I can just flip through and point it in a name. And it's not that easy. But when you're looking for them, you will recognize it when you see it immediately because you're going to see in them what you want to be. And this doesn't need to be someone that's in your division or in your shop or your, even your department or on your ship, but they should be accessible. Uh, so you'll see most of the time people are going to seek out someone in their division or shop if that's available to them. But if it's not, keep looking. Go find someone wherever they're to be found. Uh, they're most likely on your ship somewhere. There's going to be bright, high-functioning, third-class or second-class, warfare-qualified, just taken over the world and you're going to look at them and be like that's who he's talking about and go find them and seek that person out 
And that's the type of mentor that you need to be trying to get your hands on. And so then as a protege, uh, it's a person under the patronage, protection, or care of someone interested in his or her career or welfare. So this is you. This is who I'm talking to. Uh, and I, and really, I'm talking to both roles. But the seeking out a mentor as a protege and becoming a protege, uh, you need to be open and willing. Okay, like really strong leaders are going to recognize that you're going to need a mentor and will initiate regardless. Um, but more often than not, this is going to be solved by you seeking them out. Okay, don't sit there waiting for a mentor to just materialize. Go find one and be aggressive about it. Look around, identify that person that is where you want to be and start asking them questions. How did you do it? What do I need to do to get to where you are? What, you know, how do I avoid the pitfalls so on and so forth? But be open and be willing to accept the criticism that's going to come inevitably. Be open to the lessons don't go into that thinking you know it all because that's counterintuitive to the whole process. Okay, so be open, be a sponge. So seeking out a mentor. So now you kind of know what they look like. Okay, you kind of know what we're looking for here. So now why should you seek out a mentor? So your first year in the Navy is already a complete resetting of your reality. Like everything you've ever known gets flipped upside down and that can shake someone's sense of self. Like that can mess with your identity. And the stress is mind bending. So your mentor is your guide through that process. Like they've done it already. They have the map uh, and they're there to help you through the process of, of navigating this and help you avoid the pitfalls to make your journey easier by relying on their experience. They already kind of know what's coming so they can explain things to you. They can help you get through it so that it's not as maddening. It's it's always going to be difficult. It's never going to be easy, but it can be a lot less difficult. And there's a lot of unnecessary mistakes that don't have to be made when your mentor is guiding you through this process. Now that you know why it's important, what exactly are we looking for here, right? We talked about it a little bit earlier, but what you're looking for in a mentor is an individual that will reflect who you are now, but also who you aspire to be. You should be looking for someone that is going to take you down the road towards your goals, right? They're going to help you get to where you want to be. And you're looking for the qualities that you desire in yourself. Like find someone that will challenge you. They're not just a shoulder to cry on though. That's like a function of being a mentor, but if they're the right person for the job, they're also going to kick you in the pants when you need it. They're going to call you out. Uh, an example of this is when I first got to my present duty station, I came here to be an instructor. I came here to do my job as a culinary instructor and hopefully be in a leadership role and stuff like that. Uh, and when I got here, a couple weeks in, they started talking about sending me to run the barracks. And I was like, upset. I was like, I don't want to run a barracks. I didn't come here for that. I came here to be an instructor. I want to I wanna mold young minds. I don't want to be a BPO, you know. Uh, and so I was pretty upset about it. And I, you know, I argued with him about it originally. And, and, and then I went home that day just fuming and I called my mentor and uh, my mentor is a, senior, is a senior chief. And I called him up and just vented and he let me get it all out. And I, I, I ranted and raved and got kind of got all that stress out of my system. And then when I was done, he started, he asked me a couple questions. He's like, okay, so uh, this is the job. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, you know, all right, oh, so who's over there? And I explained to him the general billets that were working over there. There's uh, five guys working over there. Well, it was a female and, f- and four guys. And uh, and he's like, okay. He goes, they need a good chief too, right? And, I, and it was like, 
he like punched me in my teeth and I was just like turning red and I was just like yeah god like duh but I, I wanted him to tell me that uh, you know oh yeah that's crap I wanted him to agree with me and be on my team and he threw it all back in my face and he and he made me realize like quit being an idiot make lemonade like it might not be the job you desire but it's where you're needed there's sailors over there that need a good chief so shut up and go be one uh, and I needed that and that's why I have a mentor and that's why I called him and that's why I don't shrink from that when I know he's not always going to tell me what I want to hear, but he's definitely going to tell me what I need to hear. And he did. And it worked out. And, and I thoroughly enjoyed, uh, the role I had over there. I was over there for about a year and it wasn't just a BPO role. Like it's called the Naval military training program. If anybody's familiar with Naval military instructors, uh, they're kind of like toned down version of an RDC that runs the barracks and maintains good and discipline and marches the students and so on. And it was, I really, really thoroughly enjoyed my role over there as the NMT coordinator. It was a really, really great time. Uh, and I miss it a lot to this day. And so it was interesting that when confronted with that by my mentor, uh, it ter- ended up evolving into a role I really, really enjoy. Like I have a special place in my heart for those NMTIs and, and the staff over there. And, I, and I'll always miss doing it. And so that's the kind of thing that you're looking for in a mentor you're looking for someone that's going to push you that's going to get you outside your comfort zone and so once you recognize this person so you like you found them you've identified them you're like this is the person i want to be like uh now what like what do you do how do you get this person to be your mentor there if they're not you know you're not even on their radar uh there's no trick to it just go ask just walk up to them point blank period and just ask it is that simple you're kind of like, uh, from your perspective, being new to the Navy, this can be extremely intimidating and understandably so. Uh, they're your superiors, supervisors, people you look up to. I got it. Uh, but put yourself in their shoes. They've been waiting for you. Like, they've been waiting for you. They'll feel honored. They'll jump at the chance and relish your responsibility if you've, in fact, selected the right person. Uh, they'll hold you to a high standard and push you to be better. And, and it's going to be something that they're going to take very seriously. Uh, and they're going to be there when you need them and take care of you. But it's not its not going to be something that you're going to get this really negative response to or pushback. And if you do, you, it's wrong person. Keep moving, right? Find someone else. Um, but it, it's its literally that simple. Just latch on to that person. Go up and ask them uh, to help you. Uh, and, and would they be interested in being your mentor? And more often than not, you're going to be surprised at the response. And so now I want to talk about being a mentor. Like So now... We've talked about how junior level uh, sailors can find, identify, and and ask that particular person to be their mentor uh, and get that system set up and put into place. Uh, and I'm not going to dive in terribly deep into the the nuts and bolts of being a mentor because uh, you'll you'll learn th- from your mentor kind of how to do that, and then when you're in the position. Uh, and maybe I maybe I will tackle it even more in depth in a, in a future topic. But I want to talk about generally as being a mentor now that you've progressed through this. So we're kind of assuming you're now that warfare qualified third class or dual warfare qualified second class with two, three years in the Navy uh, and someone seeking you out to be a mentor. View this as a responsibility. OK, when you accept this role and you and you will understand it is your responsibility and carry it with that kind of like that weight that it has the effect you have on a brand new sailor is so far reaching and profound and and like we take it for granted remember where you are right now and how you feel when you look at 
that person that you've identified as your mentor, that second class, you kind of like a lot of times when you show up, you're, I mean, you're like in awe of them. You're just looking at them like, man, I want to be that person, you know, and, and that feeling that you get remember that when you're in the role as the mentor that they're looking at you that way and it's very easy to let that escape you being an a school instructor and being i mean right now i'm the senior enlisted advisor of an a school and it's very easy to forget that they're watching every single thing you do and every way that you do it and as simple as something as i was in a lab today uh, and a student offered me a chocolate chip cookie and i ate it and it was delicious and i told her so and I mean, lit up like a Christmas tree, and it and it's just Chief liking her cookie was the highlight of her day. She was beaming. She was running around with like just chest swelled out with pride. And I'm like, all I did was eat a cookie, and it was good. Like I mean, it's a chocolate chip cookie, even when it's bad, it's still pretty good. But like the reaction, just the getting the validation and the approval from me, and I'm I'm not thinking to myself in that moment that it's a big deal, but it's it's easy to let those moments escape you. It's easy to kind of lose that perspective for just a second where these kids are looking at you like you're king of the world or something. Like they're looking at you in this way and you need to understand that responsibility and respect it. Uh and, and make sure that you're not like messing with them or, or there's not some like misdirected rite of passage or means to make them like earn their place like you did or go through the same crap that you did. Cause that's why we have problems, right? Break the cycle. It's stupid. All right. Be there for them. So they don't have to have the same negative experiences you did uh, when you were the new guy or the new girl. All right. So, so be that really positive role model and understand the impact that you have on these new kids coming in. Uh, and accountability is the other piece. And I touched on this a little bit, but this is this is not a friendship, even though it can develop into that with time and with uh, maturity and seniority in the relationship. But you're their mentor. You're not their BFF. OK, you're here to do what's best for them, which it's not always what they want. Push them towards their goals and outside their comfort zones. Uh, and, you, and you do that by putting them in a position to succeed and then holding them accountable. Uh, you know what they need to do to get to where you are because you did it. You've already traveled that path and they might not always want to do it. It might be something that makes them uncomfortable. It might not be something that's their strength and that's what you're there for. You're there to get behind them and push. Okay, You're there to push them into the positions that they need to be in to succeed and then hold them accountable for doing that. All right, Don't let things slide. If they're behind on a call they supposedly want, then light them up. All right. Tell them, hey, you, you this is something you need to be doing, you know, and you and you give them that push. And I promise you they will thank you later. OK, they didn't want to do it and they wouldn't have done it if you didn't give them that swift kick in the pants. But they're going to turn around when they're getting that pin put on their chest by you, most likely. And they're going to thank you for for that push. I, I promise you they will. And then the last part of being a mentor is never stop being a protege. And I know that sounds a little cliche, like it's all a cycle or something. But in transitioning from your role of being a protege into a mentor, never stop seeking your next mentor. Because uh, like I've been doing this for 15 years and I do a ton of mentoring from E1 to E7 and junior officers, but I still call my mentor routinely uh, when I'm lost or I need someone to come upside my head and tell me to get back to work, to like stop being an idiot and go do what you know you already you already know you need to do this. Go do it. Uh, never allow yourself to to arrive, you know, like, oh, I'm done. I'm the best leader I could possibly be or I'm the best sailor I could possibly be because it's untrue. Um, so there's always another challenge ahead. I, I call my mentor all the time. 
and he's always got something to offer. So uh, don't ever allow yourself to slip into that role like, well, I'm a mentor now, so I don't have to be a protege anymore. Like, it's that's crap. Uh, the Mick Pond's got a mentor, I guarantee it. Like, stop it. So constantly constantly be seeking improvement and betterment through that mentor protege relationship by always being a protege never stop being that sponge i i have arrived at the conclusion i'm starting to keep these episodes below an hour now i think i'm kind of getting the hang of this thing a little bit so uh so we talked about what a mentor and protege are like defined them literally and then kind of talked about what exactly they are uh, and why they're important, like why you should care and why you should seek out a mentor. And then we talked about how to find them, right? You identify the person that you want to be and you find that in a person functioning in your unit or on your ship or wherever you happen to be. And, and you kind of, you're identifying what you like in yourself, like you're identifying the qualities in yourself that kind of make up who you are and then trying to find that progression in someone else and, and saying, okay, that's that person. And you'll know it when you see it. I keep saying that, but I'm telling you, you'll know it when you see it. It's not going to be a mystery. Uh, and then we talked about how to be a good mentor and protege. Okay. Cause you're eventually going to evolve into this position and it's going to happen pretty quickly. I mean, that first year goes by a lot faster than you think. And then you're going to find yourself in that position as a warfare qualified third class or second class, where you're going to be in that mentorship position, you're going to be the one that they're seeking out. And so you need to understand uh, the responsibility that comes along with this. And I use that word a lot, but it, it applies. And it's the correct word for what I'm talking about, which if there's a responsibility you have when you accept that role as a mentor to take it seriously, carry that weight and understand that the impact you have on these kids, they're going to remember you forever. Okay, I still remember my sea dad, you know, and, and I don't know if they call it that everywhere. I think they do. Uh, I'm a sub guy, so sometimes my vernacular is a little different. But I mean, I talk to my my sea pup regularly. He's a chief now as well, and, and it's the impact made is it never goes away. We we always remember those things, uh, and it's it's a very profound an incredible impact that you have the privilege of making on these kids. So take it very seriously. Understand the responsibility that you have and, and just understand that you need to seek out a mentor at your earliest possible opportunity. So that when you're arriving on board a ship, if you haven't already done it, that should be at the top of your list. You walk in and you start looking around who, where, where are they? You know, and as soon as you find them latch on because you're going to need that help nobody gets anywhere by themselves and then when you get the opportunity to be a mentor pay that forward pay it forward everything that your mentor downloaded into you and the time they took to ensure that you were going to succeed pay that forward to the next generation because quality mentorship beginning at the most junior level would solve so many problems encountered during the early development of sailors it's something that if we did this correctly retention would go through the roof morale would go through the roof and a lot of the problems that we encounter on a daily basis and a lot of the gripes that the sailors on the deck plate have would go away uh, and i'm not saying it's gonna be we're, we're gonna be living in like eden and it's just gonna be this utopia i mean it's never gonna happen it's not that's not realistic but what i am saying is there's so many problems that are just like they're so easily fixable but because we're not doing this as much as we should they still exist for whatever reason. So uh, it's something that if if we were nailing this, a lot of these silly problems would go away, and the obstacles that 
first-term sailors are encountering when they first show up to the ship would not be obstacles. They wouldn't even exist. Uh, and I'm not, when I talk about mentorship, I wanted to make sure I pointed this out. I'm not talking about formal mentorship programs where we sign an agreement, file it in a binder, and then never follow up on any of it. Like where we, the formal like instructions type mentorship program. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about involved, informal relationships that you form with sailors where they seek you out, they find a mentor, and that is suits them, that is they're comfortable with, but that they understand is going to push them because that you can't you can't create an artificial relationship like that. It's got to be something organic, where the sailor picks somebody that they they see themselves in. For all the complaining done at junior levels, as we experience it, when we're in the position to affect positive change, it's our responsibility to do so. As I constantly say, uh, so do it. You know, pay it forward to the next wave of junior sailors, so that you know you can make their experience and our navy much better uh, for everyone involved. Um, so before I go, for for the last time uh, for this episode, I'm going to plug the uh, Ask D-Gut segment. If anybody ever has any questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to us. Uh, we've got the Facebook page. You can Facebook message us. Uh, and then you can also hit us up with the email account, which is don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and we'll get back to you pr- very rapidly. And then hopefully... Uh, when we get enough of them, we will address them during an episode uh, and answer those questions. So if there's anybody else uh, struggling with that issue as well, uh, we'll share that on the podcast uh, so that everybody else can benefit from it too. Uh, and so that's it for episode eight. Thank you guys so much for listening. Get out there, mentor these sailors, and don't give up the ship. Ship.